Why are we in church? Because we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people that we would show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Nothing can take you down to the mat quite like discouragement. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the brand new series, Disarming Your Giants. I don't think there's a Christian one that doesn't deal with a giant at one time or another. Some people deal with giants each and every day. Giants, in fact, are a part of living in a fallen, broken world. Yet God uses our giants to teach us how to use the weapons of our warfare and win the fight. One of the toughest giants to deal with is discouragement, because discouragement steals away our desire to even fight back. But discouragement can be soundly defeated, as we're going to see in today's message. So let's go right to part two of our message, Breaking Discouragement's Grip. I can... Can you say that with me? I can. Now say, do. All things. Now, a positive thinker stops there. Norman Vincent Peale stopped there. You can do anything you want. You can fulfill all your dreams. It's all you just making up your mind. And if you make up your mind, you can do anything you want. Can I tell you the truth? No, you can't. That's not true. You can't do everything you want to do in your own strength. So a good positive thinker goes with Paul for the first five words. I can do all things. But Paul said, through Christ who strengthens me. See, that's the secret to the believer. The believer can keep right on going as long as we do what Jesus said. He that abides in me and I in him. I am the vine, you are the branches. You as a branch are to be grafted into the vine. And when you get saved, you're grafted into the vine. Then he said, if you abide in that vine, if you stay in the word and stay in prayer, then everything that is in the vine is going to flow into you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. You say, how'd you do that? I was just hanging there. What does a piece of fruit do? It doesn't do calisthenics hanging on the vine. It just says, I am plugged in and the life source that comes from the vine is going into me. And as long as you do that, you can run through a troop. You can leap over a wall. You can climb any mountain, walk through any valley, pass through any fire, go through any trial. As long as you abide in the vine. And a lot of believers never get this. All their life, it's all about I can or I can't. So they got to looking at themselves and the whole, listen, God looked at them and said, well, of course you can't. The rebuilding of the wall was my idea. And where God guides, God provides. 
The whole rebuilding project was his doing. He had opened the door. He had moved on Cyrus to release them from captivity. God had promised himself to enable them and strengthen them. But somewhere along the way, they had a focus shift. They said, it's all about me and what I can come up with and not what my God can do through me. And so they looked at their weariness and exhaustion and disillusionment, and they said, I'm done. If they had just looked up and said, Lord, in our weakness, be made strong, and which is eventually what they did. But at this time, they were looking within instead of up. Now, I promise you this. We always start sinking when we look to ourselves to do what only God can do. See, we can change a tire and we can go to work, but there's a lot of things we cannot do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, that's a humbling verse. We can't bear fruit without him. We can't love without him. We can't complete the will of God without him. I am doing what the song says, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. You say, Pastor Jeff, then he's just a crutch to you. You got that right. What's your crutch? That's right. What is it? Pot? Booze? Endless relationships? Willpower? What's your crutch? I'll tell you my crutch. I'm leaning on him. I'm walking with a limp, and he's my crutch. Amen? I know what some of you are thinking. Well, you know, I'm visiting today, and I just don't generally go to church because there's so many hypocrites. There's just hypocrites in church, and you're all walking on crutches, and it's just a crutch to you. Religion's a crutch, and I was invited here today. I'm a visitor, though, and I won't be back because I get really, really bothered by the hypocrites. Let me tell you how dumb that is. Can I tell you how dumb that is? That's like you saying, I'm not going to a gym because there's people out of shape in there. If everybody in there was muscular and perfect, then I'd go to the gym. Welcome to God's gym. Some of us are flabby. Some of us are out of shape, but we love the Lord. (laughs) That's not in my nose. That just came out. So they lost their focus. They looked within and they looked around. They focused on circumstances and focused on their own inability. The third place they failed in their focus was they were focused on the words of the enemy rather than the words of God. Sam Ballot and Tobiah had literally hired people to go among the people of Judah and sow fear among them. The Bible records this. They're right on the heels of talking about the rubbish and talking about their own inability. The people of Judah said this, our enemy is saying, boy, is that telltale. Our enemy is saying, I want to ask you, who cares what the enemy is saying? But they said, our enemy is saying, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause this work to cease. And then they go to Nehemiah and they're kind of crying, pouting. They say, they've told us 10 times from whatever place we turn, they'll be upon us. (laughs) You see the enemy working, pow, pow, pow. Pow. This is the way he works. He doesn't give you a one-two. He keeps doing it as long as you let him. Ten times they were told, 
We're going to be on you when you don't expect it, and we will kill you. So they had a choice. Whose report are we going to believe? What voice are we going to listen to? And we all have this choice every single day of our lives, don't we? Because the enemy is here talking. Let me tell you something about the enemy's voice. When I lived in East Texas, snakes were everywhere. And we learned, we learned what snake bite did to you. We learned the telltale signs of a poisonous bite. What it would do to your skin, what it would do to the limbs, what it did. We learned what a snake bite caused. Listen, I can tell you what a devil bite does to you. I can tell you what the voice of the devil does to you. Because when the voice of the devil talks to you and you receive it, you've been snake bit. You lose your joy, you lose your peace, you lose your vision. You feel condemned, you feel guilty, you feel unworthy. You feel like nobody loves you, you feel like God's a million miles away. You believe that your future is gone. You believe your mistakes are irreparable. When the enemy talks to you, when you get snake bit, it's easy to tell. You start dragging. You walk into church dragging. You're going through the motions. But there's no more joy, no more real meaning, no more real purpose. Don't wonder what's going on. You have been snake bit by the enemy. But if you know God is talking, here's what you feel. Peace. When you're listening to the voice of the Lord, joy, vision, excitement, zeal, future. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. There's a smile on your face. You are contagious for Jesus. Joshua once said to the people, whose report are you going to believe? What voice are you going to listen to? Listen to the word of the Lord always. Always listen to the word of the Lord. Now, here it is in summary. When they got discouraged, it happened this way. Their focus shifted from dream to debris, from God's ability to their own inability, and from the word of God to the words of the enemy. And down they went, and they're discouraged. The strength of the laborers is failing. Well, no wonder. So Nehemiah got up, slapped a few of them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nehemiah got up. Essentially, here's what he said. He said, all right, you've got a threefold attack going on. I'm going to give you a threefold solution. First, don't fear your enemy. He got all Judah together and he said, what are you doing fearing your enemy? Do not be afraid of your enemy. You know, folks, fear comes from the enemy. The Bible says God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. If you're full of paralyzing, tormenting fear, that's not from God. It's from your enemy. For God has given us the spirit of power and love and of a sound disciplined mind, not tormenting fear. For fear has torment, and he that fears is not made perfect in love. I looked, said Nehemiah, and I rose and said to the nobles, the leaders, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of those who are our enemies, what they might do to you, what they might say about you. Don't be afraid of them. Shake off the shackles of fear. Good advice. Let me tell you a little something about fear. Most fear is a big fat lie. What the fear is threatening you with is a lie. Nehemiah, like a skilled surgeon, he isolated and then operated on the various emotions that were taking them down. And the first one, fear, because fear and discouragement work together. When you're discouraged, fear comes in. 
And you get a fear of the future. You get a fear of loss. You get a fear of failure. Fear and discouragement are like evil twins. They feed each other. They speak together. They join hands to take you and me down. So he said, don't you dare be afraid of them. Greater is he. Now, this isn't what he said. I'm helping him here. I'm bringing some New Testament in. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Not Sanballat, not Tobiah, not anybody. You are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You are a child of the living God. You will overcome. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. And he that has begun a good work in you will finish it to the day of Jesus Christ. You're not going down, but you're going through. If God brought you to it, he's taking you through it. (laughs) Nehemiah said to them, don't you be afraid of your enemy. God is with us. Don't receive this spirit of intimidation. And I want to say to you today, church, the devil's a dog on a leash. Don't kid yourself. He may sound bad, and he is bad, unless you are under the blood. He's a dog on a leash. His power is limited. His time is short. His future is grim. His days are numbered. One man said, I've had many fears in my lifetime, but most of them never happened. I had a lot of fears, but most of them never happened. Fear paralyzes you with what could be, with what might be, but it rarely ever materializes. More times than not, it's all smoke and mirrors, muster and bluster, a lion with no teeth. Fear is like a schoolyard bully. Ever had one of those? I did. Schoolyard bully. As soon as the bell rings, I'm going to whoop you, boy. (laughs) But a schoolyard bully threatens you every day with a beating until you finally turn around and look at him and say, Boo! I'm not running! And the bully almost always runs because he was a lie. Two of my favorite verses about dispelling fear are Psalms 27 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hebrews 13 5. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? When I had a bully... I was a little guy. Between when I was 14 or so and 16, I grew from 5'3 to 6'1. But when I was 5'3, I had a bully. And I'll never forget him. He was mean and he tormented me. And so since I was small, you know what I did? I made a friend who wasn't small. (laughs) His name was Jim. Jim was what I wished I looked like. And one day Jim said to me, man, why do you run every day after school? Well, because I really have a harasser and that's him. He said, who? And I showed him and he said, you stay close to me. (laughs) And so I'll never forget one day we left school and I didn't run. I walked right out like I own the place, but right next to me was Jim. And the bully saw me, headed towards me, and realized Jim was with me. And I, for once, gave the bully a look. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now, let me tell you something. He never bothered me because Jim said to me, you just stay close to me. That's exactly what Jesus did. See, Jesus is the one who can look at the devil. And as long as Jesus is right here next to you, you can say, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, you can. You let Jesus handle the bully, the devil. 
Thank God we don't need to be afraid. Second thing Nehemiah said is remember the Lord. Don't be afraid of them. He said, remember the Lord, great and awesome. Now, he wasn't just saying remember that God is there, but he was saying remember what he's done for you already. He delivered you back then, he'll do it again. He healed you back there, he'll do it again. He guided you through that valley and over that mountain and through that fire and through that trial. And if he did it then, he'll do it again. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Folks, when you're discouraged, pull out the file cabinet, look at your history and start writing down all the times that God answered a prayer, that he moved on your behalf, that he delivered you from the devil, that he gave you a word of wisdom, that he guided you in the night. Look at all the times that he was there. Remember the Lord, rehearse the blessings of God, that he is great and awesome. And if he was with you back then, he's going to be with you today. He'll do it now. Nehemiah is saying to them, get your eyes off the enemy and onto the great and awesome God that you serve. I love that. His prescription for discouragement was for Judah to quit looking within at themselves and around at their circumstances and start looking up to their God. Get your focus. Remember the Lord. Look up. Do you know the Bible always pictures the believer with an upward focus? Because you have two sets of eyes here and you have the eyes of faith. And the eye of faith should always be turned up towards him. The psalmist wrote, my eyes are turned to you, O Lord God. My hope is in you. And one of my favorites, listen to this, Hebrews 12, 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us, that is slowing us down, and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And then it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, that eye of faith is looking up. That eye of faith is turned towards him. That's why every morning when you wake up, head straight for the word. Don't turn on good morning America. It'll take you down. Open up the word of God and begin to read the promises of God. Set your focus on God. Get your focus on the promises and get yourself excited. George Mueller said, I pray every day until I am happy in the Lord. Get yourself happy in the Lord and full of the Holy Spirit. Then go out the front door and face flesh and devil. He said, look at the huge advantage here of gain when we look up. He said, when you look up, when your focus is towards him, you're able to throw off everything that hinders you, that is dragging you down. You are able to discard the sin that entangles you like a spider's web. You're able to run the race with perseverance. Why? He said, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the song says. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your focus on him. Don't be afraid, said Nehemiah. Get your eyes back on the Lord. And he ended it with this. Fight. You're fighting a good fight. I'm reminding you of your why. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you in church today? Are you here just to see somebody, sing a few songs, listen to a message, and go home? Why are we here? See, if you understand why, you will always lead he who only understands how. You can know how 
to build a building. You can know how to build a church, but the leader is the one who knows why you're building the church. Nehemiah said, let me tell you about your why. Let me refresh you. We're fighting a fight. It's for your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses, your posterity, your descendants. We're in a good fight. There are good fights and there's bad fights. If you have a fight with your spouse, it's a bad fight. If somebody offends you out there at the 7-Eleven and you beat them up, that's a bad fight. But a good fight is when you take the word of God in one hand, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith in the other, and you go forward with the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ is a good fight. Why are we in church? Because we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people that we would show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. The answer is not a new politician. The answer for America is a revived church. So Nehemiah is basically saying to them, remember the bigger picture. Remember the bigger picture. Paul said, I fought the good fight, finished my course, kept the faith. Now, do you know the people heard that? And they said, okay, I'm not going to fear the enemy anymore. I'm not going to fix eight on the rubbish anymore. I'm going to look up and I'm going to remember my why, why I'm building this wall. They came together and in 52 days, that wall was done. An engineering marvel. 52 days, less than two months. This gigantic wall that you could run several teams of chariots around on the top of it was done. They got their mojo back by getting rid of discouragement. What an incredible resource we have in the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged by what we've seen today in God's Word. And you know, Life Talk has an abundance of resources available for you at our Life Talk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And don't miss next time where I'll be talking about disarming the giant of anxiety. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Breaking Discouragement's Grip is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.